On today's show, we get a call from Noman, who calls in from Pakistan. He's got loads of questions. That's because Noman is growing his business fast. At the time of this call, he has 20 employees, but he still struggles to find clients outside of Upwork and outside of Fiverr. All of this leads to questions about hiring the right team, overcoming cultural barriers with clients, where to find high-caliber clients, and lots more. We're going to dive in. An all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about pushing this forward as much as I am if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me. Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of freelancer has been amazing for me. If you're ready to push past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll be back with today's caller after this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. Uh, my name is Preston Lee and I run Milo.co where you can learn more about how to grow your freelance business. I'm joined 
today on the air by my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com, where he teaches you how to be great at all things marketing. Hey, Clay, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Hopefully we have a smooth episode today. We had a rough time last time uh, with some technical stuff, which, which, dear listener, we have edited out for you, so it shouldn't be an issue. But man, (laughs) it sure makes a headache on our end. But we're happy to be here, uh, happy to do another call. Joining us on the air today is Noman calling from Pakistan. Hi, Noman. Welcome to the show. Hello. Great. Uh, good to be here. Hello, Clay. We're very excited to have you and uh, to dive into your business a little bit. So let's let's do that. Let's start off. You can tell us and tell the listeners about what kind of business you're running right now. So uh, I graduated in 2009 from one of the... Uh, public universities here in Pakistan. And after that, I started working in various companies in Pakistan. In 2013, I joined a company in Dubai as a freelance contractor. And since then, I've been doing the freelance work. In 2019, uh, with my brother and my wife, uh, we started a three-people company providing mobile and web application services to across the world and then from 2019 to 2021, like at this present moment, we have drawn from a three-people company to 20-people company, uh, providing services in mobile wow. and web application space. So this is uh, the Fantech Labs is all about. So, yeah. <clears throat> that's fantastic. I mean, that's some good growth in a couple of years from three people to 20 yeah. people or more. Um, that's great. So, so tell us the kinds of clients that you're currently working with. What does your client base look like? So, uh, primarily our customer base is in US and Canada, and some of the customers are in the uh, in the Europe. So, we primarily serve two, three niches. One is the logistical side. We provide software services for a logistic company in Pennsylvania uh, named DropRide. Then um, we do provide some CRM customization solution to our client based in Canada and some custom mobile application development to our European customer base. So we are doing trying to do a bit of everything. And I think that would be our main point of discussion today. I love that. Well, let's dive right in then and let's talk about your uh, your questionnaire that you filled out. So as listeners of the show know, Everybody who comes on for a coaching call can fill out this questionnaire. We ask you all about your business, where it's at currently, and where you'd like it to be. And by the way, if you'd like to come on the show and get a coaching call like Noman is getting today, we'd love to chat with you about your freelance business and help you to scale it up to an agency, to whatever you want it to be. Um, Clay and I have tons of experience in growing our own businesses, working with clients, scaling up, and even selling our own companies. And we'd love to have you on. We're currently trying to find some great guests for our next round, our next season. So visit freelance2founder.com. And at the bottom of the page, you can find some information on how to join us here on your own coaching call. Come on a call with me and Clay. We'll promote your business. We'll talk about how we could uh, help you make it a little bit better and grow a little bit more. And that's what Noman did. Uh, Noman filled out the questionnaire. And on the questionnaire, we have, among other things, a scale that we have you fill out, fill out from 1 to 10. 1 being freelancer, 10 being founder. Noman, you put that you uh, currently would say you're a 5. You know, Based on what you've said, I'd say that's true, maybe even higher. A 20-person company is is quite an achievement. Um, and, and you said in the next 6 or 12 months, you'd like to be at an 8. Tell us what an eight might look like in your business. 
in the next year? So um, when I say that it, I would primarily want to jump into more uh, small to uh, medium-sized business customers where we would be providing services to to the uh, to to actual companies, not to the individual hobbyists. So that's that's one mm. thing, and we would like to have like some big ticket projects and specifically i'm really looking forward to have like six to uh a year's long contracts so this is where i'm trying to position myself and our company okay so the higher ticket stuff uh more long-term contracts so right now you're doing more low ticket work and short-term stuff? Like how long does a typical contract run for you right now? Yes. Uh, so usually uh, we are doing small ticket stuff and uh, maximum uh, with, with these mobile apps, we are getting about like a quarter long contract, like three months to four months maximum. Apart from like few of our long-term contracts that we, that pays our bill. But uh but the most part, the usual project looks like from a two months time to three months time. That's that's about that. Okay, and you'd like to have more like a year, or maybe even like indefinitely, month to month, or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what we are looking for. And what what do you what have you found is like your biggest hurdle so far in finding those kinds of clients? Those more medium sized businesses with longer term contracts and higher budgets. What where have you found it's difficult so uh i put it in like uh, if i divide this uh question i i have like answered in two parts the one is we are primarily getting our customer base from fiverr and upwork where mostly we run into especially in the app space to the people who are more of hobbyist and sometimes no offense but people would like to have an uber clone in like 300 dollars which is not doable the second part is yeah. which is yeah. yeah which is i am really interested is is to train or you know train my people in a way that we should we we can provide value to a high ticket customer especially in 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 the small to medium enterprise spaces like i really want to jump into more into the crm space so that's what where i think we are lacking so i am looking forward to have some advice in in the team building and how to basically manage resources there okay so it sounds like maybe moving away from or graduating up from these job sites like Upwork or Fiverr, but also like providing additional resources through your team to your potential clients. Am I hearing all that right? Yes, that's good. Okay. Well, I think there's a lot to talk about here, particularly like building a team mm-hmm. that can uh, be more flexible and offer more uh, more services to your clients. I'd, I'd be interested to hear from you, Clay, because Clay, you've you've done something similar. You know, listeners know that you went from being a singular freelancer to growing a 20 plus person agency, like how did you decide um, in what ways your team should grow in terms of the the skills and services that you could offer your clients? Like when did you know, you know, you might, you might've started as a web designer. When did you know to like hire a copywriter or hire a social media marketer? Or I don't even know who you hired, but how did you decide when to hire that next person? Yeah, so as far as like when to hire, that's that's a really good question and that's a very 
popular topic, I would say, among the entrepreneur space. Um, uh, as far as like when to hire, like how many people do you have again? So on your team, yeah, we do have like twenty people. Not all of them are developers, so we do have some QA people. Some some of the people do graphics and social media marketing, but in total twenty, including Got ourselves. It. Yeah. So is is the real question uh, when to hire a certain person with a with a skill set, or just like when to hire in general? Because like you already have people on your team. Yeah, uh, when to hire a person on a with a certain skill set. Uh, it would yeah. be more appropriate. Okay. Um, so first of all, I would, I would. One thing that I did uh, with my team that worked out really, really well was I actually cross-trained people on my team, um, and so that creates a lot of flexibility among your your uh, employees um, and and like who can do what. Um, one of the things that I always tried to do was I always tried to have t- uh, people have at least two skills. Um, they have their primary skill, what they do most of the time, and then they have a secondary skill that they could pick up the pick up the the piece or not pick up the pieces, but uh, pick up the slack where where maybe you're where there was more volume where we need to, where you need to catch up. Um, so that was probably the most beneficial thing that I actually did with my team versus just trying to find someone else to hire. For a skill set, mm. um, plus that actually helps when, when uh, in a couple of different scenarios, whenever you have a team, like if, for example, when someone goes on vacation, someone's sick, or someone just ups and quits on you, and if that hasn't happened to you, it will. Um, it's just a matter of time. But if somebody were to just up and quit, it's good to have other people who have been cross trained in those areas where you have no disruption in business. So. Is that kind of what you're looking for, Preston? I think I, lo- I love that idea. Yeah. When you say you cross-trained them, uh, did you have employees training employees then? Yeah. So it, for the most part, yes, ninety percent of the time, I would take I would take the like. So for example, if I have a, um, uh, I had a graphic designer, uh, I had I had uh, my lead web developer train that graphic designer on how to actually do websites. Um, another example is I had uh, um, a one of my social media people train a videographer on how to do social media, and vice Very versa, cool. right? And how to how to get my uh, had my videographer train my social media people on how to do light video editing. So that kind of stuff, and it, it made things uh, just so much easier if somebody were to like quit or go on vacation or yeah. Or, or like you said, if there's more demand, like if all of a sudden you have more video clients than social media clients, it's like yes, we have the flexibility. They may not be the like the videographer may not be the best social media person, but they could certainly like take orders or uh, you know uh, follow some steps from the social media folks. Yeah, you could totally reallocate your team Mm. according to demand. Like it's so much easier to just cross train. Uh, So you so you do have the ability to reallocate resources versus just being like. Oh no! I gotta like okay. Video is like all of a sudden um, picking up. I gotta hire another video person. Like okay, so the problem with that is is that it costs you another human capital, um, and then also uh, where a lot of companies um, uh, fall in the pit is they do a quick hire. Yep. And so like quick hires are n- never a good idea because you just don't vet the people as much as you should. Um, 
And so if you end up hiring the wrong person, it costs you way more money. Um, so like cross, that's the reason why I, I would choose cross-training versus hiring. Now, there are situations where you do have to hire, but, um, but I would definitely cross-train if, as much as possible. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Noman, what's up? What are you hearing over there? What's resonating with you? Are we headed in the right direction? Yeah. Uh, so my question here would be, uh, so cross-training is a good idea, like, but when you are in a war situation, would you, would you be like, uh, like spending your, uh, you know, office time in training your resources or would that be a good idea to give them a take-home task and reward them with some additional bonus uh, if they treat that or treat certain trainings or uh, do that in their own time? What would you suggest? All right, so I have some two cents here. Um, what I would do is I would encourage, I would actually do a little bit of both. Um, I would, if I were you, allocate some time for your team to tra- to train your other team members um, a certain a certain amount of time, um, and and then on top of that, I would high. I don't know how you give raises in your company or like how you pay people, like how you pay more as far as like bonuses and things like that. But like for example, in my company, I don't give raises. I don't give time based raises. Just because someone has been here a year, I don't give them a raise. Like to me, that's yeah. baloney. Yeah. Like, I, why? Why would you? Like, I get it. Like, you, you're encouraging loyalty. I understand that. But like, the way I give raises is you have to increase your skill set. 
So like, I'm very clear with my team. I said, I say, okay, if you have, you know, level one skill set, okay, you get paid this much. If you have level two, which includes this, this, um, then you get paid this much. If you have level three and you, you know how to do this, this, and this, then you get paid this much. And, and if they can learn all that stuff in, in a short amount of time, then I go ahead and give them a raise. That's, that's fine with me because in my opinion, uh, the more skills that an employee knows, the more money they will make you. So I have no problem giving that person a raise. So that's why I think giving people uh, or allocating some in quote unquote in office time to train, uh, I think is a good idea. But you can also give them, you know, send them home with like, you can't, I don't know how it is in your country, but like here in, in the United States, you, you can't really force people to work overtime. You know, like, I guess you could, but nobody really wants to do that. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I'd say it's like bad for company culture to like send home is, homework. Yeah. Like stuff you're not allowed to do during the day, but it still has for to get sure. done. Like that, I would, I would yeah. be pissed if my boss gave me that stuff. Yeah. So like I, you know, but but I think organically people are they're going to learn outside of the office on their own. Yeah. Because they want that right. If you put that bonus structure in there or that raise structure in there that says if you learn these skill sets, then you will get paid more money. And I think organically people are just going to figure out how to do it faster. Yeah, I have a couple thoughts too. Like. um we don't do raises based on time either, and and we don't do it even based on like the number of skills that you learn. We do it based on results. So it's like, you know, if if we hit a certain goal or if we reach a certain milestone, or sometimes just when I notice that like a member of my team's going the extra mile, you know, for for a sustained amount of time, like then I'll say, I just feel like you know we need to be paying you more, and and we'll do that. So um, I think you know you can use you can use raises or bonuses. Or promotions or whatever in, in that way to motivate people to just do a little bit more. Um, but uh, I, I'd also say like you could you could find some cool perks that would like encourage additional learning and additional training that people would then like do on their own. For example, you know, depending on what's available wherever any any listener lives, you know, you could give your team a a complimentary Skillshare or Udemy or something. Um, subscription, right? So, or or Linda, although Linda was bought by LinkedIn, but LinkedIn Learning, like you could give them a, a free learning account where they could go learn anything that they want to learn, um, and 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 then also put in place what Clay is saying. Like, if you learn certain skills or you provide certain results for our clients, then I'm willing to pay you more. Those two things combined could be a real motivator for people to go learn on their own. Um, if you don't think they'll have the bandwidth to do it during during the office hours, but I, but I would say like I am I am all about letting people have you know their own life outside of work, and um, I don't love the idea of like sending them home with homework. But I think there are other ways to to get people to to really go the extra mile in terms of being trained themselves. Noman, what's what's resonating over yeah, there? Yeah, so I think um, my message went a little uh, differently to to you guys. So. What I meant was take home task was also if, if somebody, if a lead is spending some time like an hour or two with, with the junior developer, let's say, and uh, we ask them to learn something. I mean, they can, they obviously can do that uh, in their own time, maybe on weekend or whatever. So by rewarding them with the bonus, so if you complete this thing, you would get one time this bonus, maybe a 
maybe a computer or a mobile phone or something like that. So this this is the usual practice when it comes to, I really like the idea of providing them the free services like Linda or training services. We already have them and uh, everybody is free to use whatever they would like to do that. Uh, so that that cleared up uh, a bit of thing uh, on, on the team building side for me. The other thing, um, the, the other thing that I would like to know is that since most of our, um, most of our customer base is in US and in Canada and in, in Europe. And I, I noticed that uh, we need to be more culturally aware of the customers we are working with. You know, so, but mm, how do yeah. I instill that thing uh, in, into the, my team? Because fr- from the pop culture with the Netflix and, you know, growing up on the movies and everything, I kind <laughs> of got the idea how it works, what the Halloween is, but not everybody is uh, that aware. So how do you, how do I basically train people to understand the certain cultures? Because something might be really off in our part of the world, but it's okay to be uh, in some other culture. So when you have meetings with the customer, uh, I, I've, I've seen in few of my calls that there were like raised eyebrows from my colleagues. So which, which was not uh, difficult for me to understand, but I felt that that was something, uh, you know, that they need to know or learn about the culture or something. So how, how yeah. would we do that? Can you give us an example of of something like this that has happened? Yeah, uh, maybe let's say Halloween or there is an event or uh, ha- let's let's put it with that with the Halloween is mm. coming and customer wants certain sort of you know characters in the in their apps and games and on our part of the world people don't know mm. what Halloween is. How do how do I basically okay. get train them yeah. to, to know to be more culturally aware or about mm. customer we are working? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is really difficult. I mean, you can tell even as we're speaking with you, there are some things we don't, uh, many, many things we don't understand about your country or your culture. Um, and so like as we're making recommendations, we're kind of saying like, we're, we're maybe, we're maybe uh, prefacing that with saying like, uh, I'm not sure how it works in Pakistan, but um, here's what we've experienced. Here's our isolated experience. I think it's just important maybe, first of all, to just soften soften the experience that way and say, you know, we've done our best to do our research, but if there's anything that stands out that that we missed culturally, we're happy to readjust. Um, you know, we've done our best to to figure out what what might make sense, but we understand that cultures are very different in different parts of the world. And so, if there's anything that we've gotten wrong, just let us know, and we're happy to fix it. I think if you're just open up front about it, um, that that'll go a long, long way. And then Clay may have some suggestions, but the other suggestion I have is if you are able to afford it, if you have the cash flow for it. And if you have access to someone, I would recommend you uh, hire some sort of consultant. Um, you know, movies do this all the time. Uh, they'll hire a cultural consultant where they'll say, or a historical consultant, where their whole job is to say, yes, this matches the truth about this culture, um, or no, this doesn't match, or this feels off, or this feels good. You could you could potentially have someone on staff, even part-time or a contractor that's from the countries that you're working with, just to say before you present it to the client, is there anything that feels really off here culturally? We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to get anything culturally wrong. You know, does everything here look okay? I don't know, Clay. Do you have anything to add to those? 
Yeah, I think I think you hit it. You hit it spot on. Um, I think I think being very quite transparent up on the on the front end. I I I have figured out that clients really don't care uh, about these kinds of problems as long as you're upfront with it yeah. and transparent with it. Like about communication. Yeah, it's communicate. So it all comes down to communication, but it, ultimately it comes down to expectations. So if you are fully, if you're fully um, transparent about this on the front end, then the expectations are met for the most part uh, with your client. So they know, they know it won't, it won't be a surprise if there's something that's off culturally, like that's okay. Like you told them on the front end. Um, And then I agree with Preston trying to bring in a consultant if you can do it. Um, I, I think what would be good about that is if you bring in a consultant and say, Hey, we need training on this. Um, they can actually make it very specific to your business and what you offer and who your clients are um, and and not do any other training beyond that. Uh, because I think anything outside of that would be a waste of resources, in my opinion, from a business perspective. Do you have any thoughts on there? Is anything hitting, hitting home? Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, hiring somebody who especially is from the Pakistani diaspora there who is living in the U S and just talking to my team here would be, would be beneficial for us to generally understand the structure and um, culture because sometimes I never actually face this problem, but uh, I happen to see some of the people like uh, within my team talking, okay. uh, About what the customer was, uh, asking or talking about about generally so that's why i basically asked this question uh so i think oh, that that, okay. that that makes so, sense so you've been seeing trends sorry you've been seeing trending thing so you've been seeing you've been hearing trending things among your team about what they talk about like what 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 the clients are talking about yeah pretty much like that so if, if a client is talking about i was busy or it was a halloween weekend i went out with my kids and everything yeah they were like they didn't know what the Halloween was. So my question actually was, how do I train my mm. people basically to understand what the customer's overall general, uh, you know, uh, environment looks like? And uh, yeah. so that, that was mm. You know, something you could do is you can get together with your team. And this is something you could do internally. Get together with your team. And as a team, come up with the top 10 things, cultural things that come up a lot. And then based off those 10 topics, then you do training on that specifically. Yeah. And that that will that will probably uh fix that issue like 90% of that. Yeah, that'll be like the 20% of the work to fix 80% of yes. the problems, I would mm-hmm. think. Um it could be an ongoing thing too, like if it if it's a if it's a persistent problem that's costing you business, uh, I'd say make it an ongoing thing. Like maybe every week you have a team uh, meeting or a Zoom or however you do work, uh, and you and you and you assign like a member of the team to come with a presentation about something from another culture that that you work with frequently. So, you know, it might be about uh, you know European holidays, or it might be I don't know what whatever you find is like a sticking point. It could be just about Halloween or something, right? Yeah. So, um, but you could assign a. a a couple of employees or or 
whatever to come with a presentation to say, here's what this is. So when you hear about it, um, here's what you can expect. Right. Yeah, that that would be a helpful, I think. I'll I'll try to do that moving forward. So because the holiday season is approaching, so we'll have the like more events coming on coming along. Um another thing that I want to basically ask is uh we are more like in a niche space where we are we develop like mobile apps and web applications specifically. But I really want to shift focus to uh to to small and medium-sized enterprises, providing them solution about like like CRM or data integration, you know, more solution which will bring more value for us as a company and also uh, would win us like some bigger project. So uh, do so. This would come again with in in contact to in context with my earlier question to hire a skilled person or train train my existing staff into into that space. Maybe have one consultant who who can basically train and evaluate them. Because few of the bigger softwares that I I, I intend to provide services of would require cer- certain types of certifications. Just let's say Salesforce is one of them. So you need to provide like admin certification and a developer certification in order to win bigger projects or projects on Salesforce altogether. It all boils down to like a software development, but again, this is a very niche or very specific industry, which usually uh, are, or, or my people here don't know. Like it does not mean that all of them don't know, but primarily most of them don't, don't understand that space. So, the let me re-summarize it. Uh, how do we shift the niche? Like, if I want to move forward to an eight on your graph, and I think this direction, like going to certain software or doing a training or certification of certain software, what's needed? Do I need to hire like specialized people, or how do I train them? Like, uh, have somebody come here and you know train our people and can then get mm-hmm. the certification what would you suggest yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you how we do it on our team uh, i tend to find a one person who's really great at whatever skill i need and then if we need more support in that area uh, i tend to to hire uh, maybe less skilled or less knowledgeable people who can then be trained by that first person that I hired because you can often find those people for a little less money but they can they can learn from the person who really knows a, a ton about what they're talking about and so whether it's being certified or whether it's just having the knowledge and skill set that you need um, to accomplish a task I like to start with just one person who does it really really well and then as demand grows as the need for more work grows we can add under that person and kind of make them run their own small team um, of of people who who can execute as well as that person under their direction. I don't know if Clay has anything to add to that. No, I think you hit it spot on. That's exactly how how I would do it. <laughs> what do you think, Noman? Does that work in your scenario? Yes, I think yes that 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 can work. So maybe have somebody who's experienced and add up like two junior developers with him or her and then uh you know try to bring more more work for them somewhere. So uh then uh 
my next question would be so since we are in pakistan there is a lot a lots of companies basically from the us based company which outsource work here in pakistan and uh, how do we basically try to find out the bigger ticket customers like out of the um, the usual job portals how what's what's the usual way or what's the best way for us because our presence is in a, in a different country and we are trying to look up for work in mm-hmm. a very different country so how how do we approach yeah. that i think that's a great question how 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 can you get bigger clients despite being in a different country i i think first and foremost uh it's important to just um i guess to have an understanding of of maybe why your clients are hiring you and part of the reason they're hiring you is because uh, there are certain labor laws and certain um, financial laws and that sort of thing in the United States that maybe companies don't have to cover when they hire internationally, as well as being able to get a lower rate. So, you, I mean, the truth of the matter is it is going to be hard to compete uh, against a company that is stationed in, in the same country as your client if they, if, if they, if money is not part of the issue, then, you know, there are a lot of advantages we we just talked about culture for five or ten minutes, right? That's a huge advantage. Having someone working for you who understands your culture and your company and the situations, um, that can be a real game changer for a lot of companies. And so I think it's first and foremost important to like understand that there are certain reasons that companies might hire someone internationally. And I would lean into those reasons. There are a lot of good reasons, right? Like you can compete on price a lot better than some a local company or a domestic company might be able to. And so... Um, yeah. I, I would lean into a lot of that, but but you know it, it's it's worth understanding that that you know it's not apples for apples. It's not a direct a direct comparison, really. Just comparing you and your company and your skill sets to one in the United Kingdom or in the U.S. or wherever um, your clients are, there's going to be differences. I don't know, Clay. Do you have something maybe more helpful for Noman than I just rattled out? Yeah, I I would I would. Just like you said, I would focus on the the pros of hiring you. Um, the other situation that you could consider is hiring hiring one U.S. Uh, employee, mm. um, like for account management or like liaison yeah. between the client and the company. Yeah, that's exactly what I was uh, referring to. Um, basically someone to communicate with your client. And so that way you can say, hey, yeah, we have we have US people. Um, and and from the client's perspective, they're communicating with someone who is here in the US. Um, but the work is actually being done there where you are. But the client may may not like they, they don't know that. They not that they need to know that. Um, so, like, that's another option. And actually, and so, you know, now that you say it that way, lots of companies do that, right? A lot of companies do it that way. Like, um, like the the day to day work gets outsourced internationally, yep. but the client relations, the the marketing, the messaging, the the primary stuff happens domestically because of the, those culture questions we talked about before, Noman. Yeah. Plus, you gotta you gotta think about time zones too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because, like, it's really tough. It's really tough to communicate with a client. Um, when your time zones are complete opposite. So 
that that's that's a tough thing. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it's hard. Like we're in the U.S., uh, we're close to the West Coast in the U.S. Clay and I both are, and Noman. We appreciate you staying up late, but like it's very late for you right now. It's middle of the day for us and middle of the night for you, and so it, it, that can make it really difficult as well. Yes, uh, but I would. Like for certain businesses, I'm not talking about my own, but for certain businesses where you need a support for the uh, night, like what if we if we can like like call centers or BPO or 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 the some businesses which require support, it it is actually pretty good to have people because here it's the daytime and US it's the yeah. nighttime. So in that businesses it, it work and uh, just like uh, Clay mentioned. Uh, Lots of companies here in Pakistan have the front offices in the in the U.S. Just similarly, some most of mm. the Indian companies do have like their front offices. So I think yes, uh, hiring a front, hiring somebody in the U.S. is 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 the right move basically to to get more. It would also help with the cultural stuff that we talked about before, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would that would be a huge help for the cultural issues. So that you could kill two birds with one stone. Uh, Meaning you can solve two problems with one solution. Yeah. Um, speaking of cultural differences, right? Uh, yes, that's uh, that 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 can help a lot. I think. Uh, I think uh, most of the questions that I prepared for were mostly for the team building part and uh, when to hire, when to shift the uh, industry or or the services. So I think we we have covered that from. Least from my part, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. Can I ask you? Um, can I ask you how? Uh, what your employee retention is like? It's pretty great. Do people are they pretty loyal to you? Yeah, it's pretty great at this point of time. Like we are in the business since three years, like since two thousand nineteen. So, uh, like two three people left. Primarily, uh, I would say that because we are in a smaller city. Not in a like metropolitan, and uh, in our cities recently got universities which are offering the CS degree. So I usually hire people straight out of college and then train them the way I want them because, uh, and then I can like basically have them work on the projects that that are more beneficial for the company. So it, it, it's been pretty good, but. In the bigger cities, it is really, really difficult because uh, in Pakistan, you get raised after six months, after a year. And since uh, we are the only economy which was left, uh, which was not on the internet and we are getting on the internet, so lots of US-based investors are funding into the Pakistani startups. Uh, so there is a lot lots of competition in 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 the technical space at, at least if, if i if i put it that way lots of competition to retain employees because uh lots of uh foreign investment is coming in and then uh the local players and local products are also getting in a better shape so that's 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 a challenge in the bigger cities, but not in the smaller cities where we are right now. But I, I, I can see that it is happening a lot because lots of my employees are also doing their freelance stuff. So I, I'm assuming that they would be like, uh, they would be out of the company in coming one, two years. So that's that's understandable. 
I, I bring that up because uh, and, and this is it, it doesn't sound like you have a employee uh, retention issue. Um, but uh, just in case you do in the future, and it might be good for our listeners listening, like just because uh, you talk about like team bonding and things like that. And I don't know if you do this in your country, but if you, I think something that works really, really well uh, for team bonding um, that will even, and you could do this too if you're not doing it. Um, or I don't even know, I don't even know if it's a normal thing, but to do activities outside of work together, maybe like once a quarter. Um, that com- that builds a, a very very strong bond. Is that something that's done in in Pakistan or no? Yes, yes, definitely. It's it's done uh, a lot. We do have like uh, we do have like official and unofficial like uh, day outs. We go to the northern side of the Pakistan for for vacations in summer. So the companies fund those all of the trip. We do have like annual dinners and then uh, after a quarter there are lunches and then a games night so this this is happening a lot lately so which is good and I, I can see that perfect bonding. is that something that you you do yes yes definitely we also do that all of these things like oh perfect. yeah so uh, and one thing I also introduced that whoever wants to sit uh, longer hours if they want to do if you know, uh, they they are free to use all the facilities. There is no basically no questions are asked like why you are sitting late. What you even if they want to do their own work after office hours, they they are free to do that by sitting here. So no problem, no questions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. All right. Well, I I mean, I think this has been a fantastic conversation. I man, if every if everybody came on these calls with uh, as many questions as you had, Noman, <laughs> that would just be a lot of fun. I think. Right. I think it, it worked really, really well to just uh, tackle as many questions as we could. So thank you for coming prepared. And thanks for sharing a little bit more about your business today. Uh, is there anything you want to cover in the last uh, couple of minutes we have here together? Uh, no, I think uh, I really appreciate you, uh, Preston and Clay, for basically arranging this podcast. It really helped me, especially like the last couple of episodes were pretty helpful. So I usually listen to them when I basically go out for cycling. So it really helps uh, to basically build your, uh, you know, mental notes. How do you approach the customers? And, you know, also the uh, it gives you a lot of insight culturally into the market we are trying to serve. So that I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah, thank you so much for that. <laughs> that's good. Well, we're happy to help. It's been a pleasure to have you on on the show today. Thank you. Same here. All right. Take care. Good day. See ya. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo, Dripify, and the Poglomerate. You can find links to my business, Milo, Clay's business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at FreelanceToFounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible. To stream past episodes, visit FreelanceToFounder.com or search FreelanceToFounder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance to Founder.